Thank you for tuning in to Make It In The South Sound, the Chambers podcast series, bringing you stories and information about and for the South Sound business community. This podcast series is made possible through the support of our generous sponsors, Amazon, Columbia Bank, Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I'm Andrea Ray, President and CEO of the Tacoma Pierce County Chamber. I'd like to welcome the Port of Tacoma back to our podcast today. There is so much going on at the port that we just couldn't fit it all into one episode. On our first podcast with the port, we learned about their operations and got a glimpse into how the supply chain works. And today, we are going to discuss the port's work in the environmental arena. Joining me today is Port Commissioner Deanna Keller and Jason Jordan, Director of Environmental and Planning Services. Thank you both so much for being with us here today. Great. Thank you and for inviting us back again. We're so excited to be here to talk about the great, the great environmental work that the Port of Tacoma, along with our marine cargo partner, the Northwest Seaport Alliance, does every single day to protect and improve our environment. Yes. Thank you for inviting us. Appreciate it. Uh, so when people think about a port, they think of ships, cranes, containers. They don't usually think environmental. What is it that you would like people to know about the port's environmental work? And I'll maybe start with you, Commissioner Keller. Thank you. Uh, what most people don't know is that the port has a very robust environmental program. In fact, we have a 18 people dedicated toward um, doing this kind of environmental work. We are committed to operating in a sustainable and environmentally responsible manner, and environmental leadership is an important cornerstone of our strategic plan. The port shares the growing sense of urgency about global climate change and reducing the environmental and health impacts of seaport-related operations. We are also looking for ways to improve and minimize environmental impacts of development in the tide flats. Since 1987, the port has invested over $300 million into environmental projects. And we are proud to say that we have cleaned up more than 1,100 acres of contaminated land, putting that land back into productive use for business growth and job creation, and built more than 230 acres of fish and wildlife habitat, which has helped to preserve and increase the fish population in the Puyallup River watershed. I'll hand it over to Jason to go into more details. Thank you, Commissioner Keller. Uh, as you indicated, the port does extensive work in the environmental arena. And thank you for this opportunity to share the information to your listeners. Our environmental and planning team, as Commissioner Keller said, is over 18 professional staff. We bring a diverse skill set to our work with backgrounds in biology, geology, chemistry, ecology, land use management, project management, transportation planning, and economics. Through our environmental policies, we focus on the following. Reducing air emissions from seaport-related operations, improving water quality in our harbor and surrounding waterways, protecting and enhancing fish and wildlife, and implementing environmental, excuse me, environmentally sustainable practices throughout the port. That's amazing, Jason. I know we uh, actually took our Business Leadership Academy on a tour yesterday and saw some of the work in action. And I know um, one place that we saw was described as a salmon spa mm. because it's the place where, you know, salmon can rest and just how important, you know, creating that safe place is, you know, for them to rest as they're, 
you know, transitioning from, you know, salt water to fresh water and fresh water back, you know, to salt water. And I mean, that and that investment, just seeing that in action is is really, really cool. So I know we might, you know, talk more about, you know, salmon later, um, but I would like to focus a little bit more right now on the reducing air emissions from the operations. Because I know, again, you think Port of Tacoma, you think water, you think salmon, you don't maybe necessarily always think air emissions. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm really glad you brought that topic up. Last year alone, the Port of Tacoma adopted an updated Northwest Ports Clean Air Strategy with the vision of eliminating uh, all emissions, greenhouse gas and diesel particulate emissions from seaport-related activities by 2050 or sooner. Just a few of those actions that we're taking in order to get to that zero emission strategy is we're now installing shore power at more of our container terminals so ships can plug in directly to the power supply and instead of idling with their uh, engines at dock, greatly reducing emissions. Ocean-going vessels are one of the highest sources of seaport emissions and therefore one of our priorities in building the infrastructure needed to make our docks shore power ready. In fact, we implemented the first marine cargo shore power infrastructure in the Pacific Northwest at the Tote Marine Cargo Terminal in Tacoma, and we have started construction on shore power at our Husky Marine Terminal. This may sound easy, but it requires substantial electrical infrastructure improvements and investments, and the vessels must also invest to make sure that their ships are capable of plugging in. Another clean air initiative that we've implemented in helping truck is helping truckers to replace older trucks <coughs> with new cleaning burning model trucks. The Alliance Clean Truck Program requires that all trucks serving the international container terminals at the ports be 2007 engineer or newer. For operators calling on either domestic or international terminals, we also offer a scrap and replace incentive program, which we allow those operators that still have pre-2007 engineer trucks to replace with newer trucks. The goal of that program is to accelerate the fleet turnover and continue to reduce emission rates. Fantastic. So I would like to dive into some of those areas a little bit deeper and would like to start with learning a little bit more about air emissions and reducing air emissions from operations, because I know that's not something that people maybe normally think about, uh, you know, when they're thinking about the the Port of Tacoma and and air emissions. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that topic up. Uh, Just last year, the Ports of Tacoma, Seattle and the Seaport Alliance adopted uh, and revised their Northwest Ports Clean Air uh, strategy to get to zero emissions by 2050 for greenhouse gases and diesel particulate. That's really a big deal, um, and we're really proud of it. <clears throat> in fact, in adopting that plan, we also created a five-year implementation plan that has specific steps that uh, the Port of Tacoma and the Seaport Alliance will take to get to twenty to get to zero emissions by 2050. Can I give you a few examples of those? Yes, please. I would love to know more. Great. So let me start with one that we're really excited about, and that's shore power. So shore power is when a vessel pulls up to the to the berth, to the terminal, and actually turns off its engines and plugs into the landside power supply. Which is probably more complicated than plugging in your electric car in your garage, right? Just a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, uh, these... These vessels are quite large, and as you can imagine, they require quite a bit of power. Um, So 
Tote, uh, who's been calling in Tacoma for a long time, was one of the first ones to do this. And we were really excited to partner. The Port of Tacoma was really excited to partner with them. And they currently plug in uh, when they call. Um, but we're also installing it at one of our largest international container terminals, our Husky Terminal. Uh, so design has been completed. We just went out with a contract to construct, and we're underway. So that's we're really excited about that opportunity as well. <coughs> um, as you might imagine, ocean-going vessels are one of the highest sources of, of emissions. And so by being able to turn off those engines, it's really going to be very impactful. But they, because they still need the power when they're on shore, right? Because especially they have, you know, like, refrigerated cargo and yeah. everything else, exactly. right? Exactly. So it's, they, can't, they can't just, you know, they can't just unplug. Right. Yeah. A lot of our products that we're actually shipping out, so for export, uh, have to be mm -hmm. uh, chilled, whether mm -hmm. it's apples. Seafood. Seafood, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And they still have crews living on board. Right. And those crews need their power to, you know, perform their, their daily operations. Right, so, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, um, so we're really excited about that one. Uh, and it's not easy. It's not cheap. It's quite complicated. In fact, um, the Husky Terminal Project is going to be about $12 million wow. to install shore power. And what's really exciting about that, when you think about getting the biggest bang for your buck, we really believe that shore power is one way to do that. And we're really grateful that our electeds, like Commissioner Keller and others, are willing to kind of put their money where their mouth is so that we can do that. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another exciting uh, uh, project that we have done for quite some time now uh, with respect to reducing emissions is our Alliance's Clean Truck Program. So this program requires uh, trucks that serve our container terminals, our international container terminals, to be 2007 engine year or newer in order to get onto the terminal. Gotcha. Um, they're cleaner, cleaner burning, yeah. less emissions. Yeah, so in e the EPA and the federal go government had some significant uh, requirements on those 2007 and newer engines mm -hmm. that reduce uh, diesel particulate uh, by 85% or wow. more from those older engines. So it's a really big deal. Uh, that program has been underway, and we're really excited about it. In addition to support our truckers, <clears throat> the port has a um, scraps program where we will help those uh, truck operators uh, scrap their older pre-2007 truck and, and find grant funding to help them offset the costs of a compliant truck. Well, that's amazing. So you're helping the independent small business owner, but also helping the environment as well, right? So yes. that's a, that's what we call a win-win. Yes, exactly. And that was that was the whole the whole point. The other um, area that we're working on, and we have lots more work to do, but we're really excited about is um, cargo handling equipment. Mm -hmm. So those are the big pieces of equipment that you see on the container terminal that are actually moving the boxes around. Um, really pleased to report that uh, our leases require when you're purchasing new cargo handling equipment, it has to be some of the cleanest cargo handling equipment you could purchase. But we're also looking for opportunities like with trucks where we can help the terminal operators replace that older, older more polluting equipment with newer uh, cargo handling equipment that's less polluting. So there's grants programs that, that we do with our cargo handling operators as well. That's amazing. So from every every point you're looking at, you know, whether it's the ships coming in or the trucks coming in or, you know, moving the containers, you know, dockside, it's it's looking for, you know, emission reductions, you know, wherever, however you can. Yeah. And let me just give you one more example. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 
we have uh, worked closely with a rail operator. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the vessels on the water. We've talked about the backlands right next to the vessels. Now moving away from the backland and, and talking about rail yards, we've got a really great partner in Progress uh, uh, Rail who um, is um, has has put their money where their mouth is, and they've converted six yard trucks that move containers around within their yard mm -hmm. to all electric trucks. Wow! Yeah, and we were fortunate enough to be able to partner with them on a grant opportunity, and um, uh, they've installed all the trucks. Uh, the commission uh, blessed our ability to and, and approved our ability to install the infrastructure so that they could plug their trucks in. Mm -hmm. But then they paid for the conversion of their six trucks. So we have one operation that's using all electric trucks, and we're really excited about it. That's amazing and so great to hear. I know you know clean air and emissions reduction is an important issue. Um, many businesses and agencies are addressing, and you know something you know certainly that's really important to our community. So thank you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what the port does or how they work to address the impacts of development, you know, specifically in the tide flats. And maybe, Commissioner Keller, this is something that, that you could address. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm especially excited about this particular aspect of the environmental work that we do. And so we, uh, the construction of habitat sites to mitigate for any unforeseen um, <clears throat> habitat impacts for future development projects. A great example of this is a lower Wapato Creek project, which is on the corner of Alexander and Marine View Drive. And it's a perfect example of advanced mitigation. Um, and it, we've done a, a, the team has done a, a beautiful job with that, with the design work. And as I mentioned earlier, the port's turned over about 200 acres of land into habitat sites <clears throat> and open space, creating critical habitat for fish and other wildlife more than any other agency in Puget Sound. And much of this habitat work is done in partnership with the Puyallup tribe, and we're very happy about being able to partner with them. Their knowledge of salmon habitat um, is crucial for us, and our ability to, to be able to work side by side with them has been Great. In fact, in 2019, the tribe recorded the largest Chinook return in Clear Creek in the last 40 years. Good work happens when we work together, right? Absolutely. That's amazing. Jason, uh, what else uh, can you share from kind of the environmental, you know, planning side on just the, on the lower Wapato Creek, you know, habitat site? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. This is one, that, as Commissioner Keller indicated, that um, I would tell you the Port of Tacoma is, it does the best is the premier in creating habitat in the Puyallup River watershed in Pierce County, and we're certainly super proud of it. So our newest project, as Commissioner Keller indicated, is our Lower Wapato Creek habitat site located um, off of, obviously, Wapato Creek and um, near the uh, Blair Waterway. Mm -hmm. This habitat was designed to increase the diversity of fish uh, populations and create a really close partnership. In your opening, you mentioned seeing some of those sites. Mm -hmm. So our habitat, um, the Port of Tacoma's habitat mitigation strategy as adopted by the commission is really salmon focused. Mm -hmm. And it's focused on juvenile salmon um, having a place to rest before they go into salt water. Right. Because uh, they need that place. Like, again, I know we call it the salmon spa, right? <laughs> you know, but, but truly that's what helps, you know, create the success. If they're too tired, they don't have a safe place to rest, you know, then... 
and it's it's difficult. You're absolutely right. And so if you look uh, at some of the habitat sites that the port has created, they're really kind of on that boundary where the salmon are, are migrating from fresh to saltwater. And it's really, really important from a biological perspective, too, because they actually have to learn to breathe, air quotes, saltwater. Right. And um, it's not as if they know how to do that. So they need that place to rest and, and um, to regenerate and gather strength. The lower Wapato Creek is just another great ex- uh, uh, example of that. Um, the site's about 20 acres and includes the placement of a f- uh, fish-friendly culverts, um, and it's a, there's a new passable bridge. I, uh, we've got some great examples of looking at this like sad pipe mm-hmm. <laughs> that was meant to move water between two parts of Wapato Creek. And if you looked at what the port invested in, and completely removed that pipe, created a bridge, there's no culvert anymore. It's totally free-flowing. It's one of my favorite uh, pictures that the port can show the community. In no terms more, of no more sad pipe. No more sad pipe at all, no. Uh, and it's just another really great example. The projects that the port and the commission authorized uh, on behalf of the public, these are generational. These, right. these will be... These sites will be available for your, you know, mm-hmm. family and, and their family and, and on and on. And they're really, really powerful and important. Um, just to give you an example, we're planting over 200,000 trees, uh, uh, shrubs, plants, and, uh, and things like that at this lower Wapato Creek site. Um, it's really, really amazing. We've taken what where the stream bed originally meandered mm-hmm. and was channelized when we built the road system, and we put it back into its place where it was where it originally meandered, um, and that creates habitat value, and it also creates flood storage capacity. It's just a win-win for the port, the surrounding community, the Puyallup tribe, the city of Fife. So, really, really excited about that one. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, more detailed information, Jason. It's really good. Um, learning a little bit more about the science than, you know, salmon spa. <laughs> the, sci- <laughs> the science behind the salmon spa. Uh, and again, so certainly the tide flats, you know, have been an industrial area for many, many decades. And unfortunately, you know, formerly home to, you know, some chemical and other companies like Kaiser Aluminum who did leave behind all kinds of contaminated land in the area. Uh, What does the port do about these heavily contaminated pieces of property? I think what's important to note is that the Tacoma Tide Flats, um, most people think of that as the port of Tacoma, and the port of Tacoma really actually owns less than half of that. Mm -hmm. It's it's made up of about 5,000 acres. The port of Tacoma owns approximately 2,100 acres Mm -hmm. of that Tacoma Tide Flats, and we've actively worked to restore a lot of these brownfield sites that have been contaminated and um, have actively put it into productive use. And I think we just have a much smaller amount of uh, work to do um, after putting a lot of these sites back into productive use. Um, I think what's important for the taxpayers to know is that we will go ahead and pay for these sites to be mitigated and to be remediated, but we will also go back after these businesses that have caused the contamination to try and recover the costs from from this as well. But we've cleaned up about over 1,100 acres of property, much of it near shore and posing threats to water, water quality and fish. And while this process can be complicated, slow and expensive, it's a body of work that ports are uniquely suited to undertake. 
The old Kaiser aluminum site, as you had mentioned, mm -hmm. is just one example of a remediation success. And after being cleaned up by the port, that area today is where Willenius Wilhelmsen Solutions Auto Facility is located, the home to good family wage jobs, and they are a company that goes the extra mile in caring for the environment through their imp implementation of a robust stormwater treatment system at their site. Wow. That's amazing. I appreciate that example. Absolutely. Jason, uh, you know, what might people, you know, not know when it comes to, you know, mitigation and environmental cleanup? Yeah, uh, like Commissioner Keller said, I think ports are really, really uniquely qualified to do this. And um, the Port of Tacoma is no exception to that. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, going in and, and taking on property that the private sector has typically abandoned, um, you know, what's really cool about the way that ports fit into that is um, not only can we go after those 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 polluters, but we can build it into our mission, which is around creating economic value and jobs and, and, and putting those contaminated properties back into productive use and, and putting them on the rolls. And, and Commissioner Keller in the Port of Tacoma has been a leader in doing that. So it's really, really exciting. In fact, um, when you think about Commencement Bay, Commencement Bay was listed as a Superfund site back right. in the late 80s. Um, which is a big deal <clears throat> and that means the federal government says you know you've got some problems so um, we've been working um, as commissioner keller said to clean up our individual waterways that make up uh, that commencement bay area and i'm really pleased to report that you know three out of the four waterways have been delisted oh, wow. and we're really really close to the last the high levels waterway being delisted and that's just a commitment that the port and um, some of our partners reluctantly, and mm -hmm. some of them um, more less reluctantly, have, um, have, have contributed to cleaning up Commencement Bay. And it's really, really important because we build these amazing habitat sites that we were talking about. We treat our stormwater that we were talking about, and that's really, really important. But if you've got existing contamination still in the water, and whether it be surface water or groundwater, it's kind of for naught, right? right? So cleaning up this legacy contamination is super important. We're well on our way. Uh, a, a lot of great work <clears throat> that we've done um, to, to deal with that. And let me just, you know, kind of conclude with, if you ask the Department of Ecology, the Washington State Department of Ecology, they would say that water quality is the state's biggest issue. As we're seeing today, with even, the rain, yeah, right? right? Yeah. I know it's raining. Uh, I, for the folks listening, um, I know it hasn't rained for a long time, uh, but it's raining today, and rain is a big deal in Washington State. Mm -hmm. I would argue that we are the most regulated rainwater state in the state of Washington, and that's really, really important. So the ports also made significant investments in cleaning up. Um, our stormwater runoff. So the port has invested uh, millions of dollars working with our tenants in creating very unique systems where we mimic the natural environment. Think about like a forest. Mm -hmm. When it rains in a forest, that water is typically captured by trees, plants, gravel, gravel. dirt. Yeah, all and then helps it, to filter. It. Yeah, and it filters. So we've created micro. Uh, media filtration systems that mimic the natural environment and we've done them in such a way that they're reducing zinc copper lead all the things that you want to reduce and that the state requires to reduce and i'm really pleased to report that all of our facilities where we have permits that require us to track those chemicals we're in compliance and we're exceeding 
So uh, it's, it's just a great example, and we've got some, some great examples of stormwater management that are cost-effective, and it can be a model for other ports in Washington State. That's amazing. I really appreciate that. And again, you know, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk about, you know, how the port is committed to being an environmental leader. I think, again, as a public agency that's tasked with economic development, knowing that that is hand in hand, you know, in connection and support with the environmental leadership that you're doing is, is huge, right? We, it's not an either or conversation, right? It's, it's yes and yes, we are helping to create and maintain amazing jobs and opportunities. And we are reducing air emissions, you know, with what you're doing to, you know, electrify the, uh, you know, the, the operations uh, with filtering, you know, the, the stormwater runoff, with creating, you know, habitat, you know, actually, you know, on site, on property. It's just, it's amazing to, to hear about. And, and you do, you drive by and you see and you get a sense of what's happening. But yeah, again, just, you know, really thank you for, you know, diving in, you know, no pun intended, a little, little deeper into the work uh, that you're doing there at, at the port with environmental sustainability and, and being a leader uh, for not just the state of Washington, but, you know, for the world when it comes to environmental sustainability. I don't know if you have any any closing thoughts. Well, sure. I just want to remind everyone that the port is totally, and the staff are, are totally committed to making sure that we have a sustainable and healthy future for our port properties and the environment for our community. It is work that we can't do alone. We have to do it with all of our nonprofits, our communities, governmental agencies, the Puyallup tribe, all kinds of different people. I think that uh, the, uh, Jason will tell you that they spend a, our team spends a lot of time writing beautiful grants, and mm-hmm. uh, commissioners spend a lot of time dialing for dollars with our sure. federal and state agencies and legislators trying to to you know get those grant monies. The more monies that we can do, we can do this faster and quicker mm-hmm. and better. So, but <clears throat> I would encourage you to dig a little bit more, take a look at our website, and look for more information on our environmental programs. And follow us on social media and stay up to date on all the latest port news. And I really want to, I'm so proud of our staff, and I'm so glad that Jason's here today to be able to talk about this too, and especially with his team of uh, the Mighty 18 who do all this work. So thank you, Jason, for all that you do. Thank you. I appreciate And I appreciate what you said too, Commissioner Keller, is that it's every elected official and it's every, you know, port employee. And, you know, yes, you know, Jason, you have your team of 18 people, but that it's a part of the culture of the port that everyone's focused and committed. So thank you both so much for being here and giving us more insight on the environmental sustainability practices and plans for the port. And I suppose if there's no other closing thoughts from either one of you, that will do it for this episode of Making It in the South Sound. Uh, Thank you, listeners, uh, for joining us. Episodes can be found on the Chamber's website, www.tacomachamber.org. Look for the link on the homepage and in the top menu. You can listen to Making It in the South Sound directly on our website or better yet, subscribe to them and never miss an episode. We again want to thank our sponsors. Their generous commitment makes this series possible. Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Thank you, and listen for future episodes coming soon.